Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Hiya! First things first this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much. So we would like to thank Cassie Ingram. Uh, Kristen Smith. Elliot Sanders. Jenna. Barbara Perry. KT. Catastrophe. Sharon Liu. Alexandria Reese. Reyes. Reyes. <laughs> Robert M. Leah Poulton Barrick, Emma Lee, Katie Poe, Ian Mearns, Callan Stoker. I believe that was a <laughs> Terastaya. Terastaya. Interesting story behind that, but we'll come to it in a second. Christina today. And finally, this is your one. Uh, Gwen Bowery. Bowery, Bowery. <laughs> I'm really sorry. We are just we we are struggling with those this week. Uh, Catastrophe is my first story. Catastrophe is a Instagram account that sells that makes and sells cat toys. And the second one is that Terastaya. Terastaya. I had to look up is actually Finnish for butcher. Hmm. So there you go. Thank you all so much for your Patreon pledges this week. Yeah, we I'm... are forever indebted to you and love you all so much and hope you are enjoying your extra episodes. And also, we would like to apologise for butchering your names. Butchering your names. Yeah, I'm just not very good at reading, okay? <laughs> Our review this week is Haunting. Haunting was released in 1999. It has 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. And 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Get lost, Rotten Tomatoes. It's definitely, definitely not that bad. Would you like a synopsis? Yes. This horror tale focuses on visitors to the secluded mansion of Hill House who have been called to the isolated location by Dr. David Marrow, played by Liam Neeson, as part of a study on insomnia. However, Marrow is really investigating fear and he plans to scare the subjects, including the introverted Nell and the seductive Theo. Unfortunately for Marrow and everyone staying at Hill House, the manor is actually haunted by an evil spirit out to torment its guests. What were your thoughts on this one? Do you know what? I really liked it, but not for the reasons I normally like horror movies. I felt like I was watching like a good family film rather than It's very a horror Disney film. and we both at the same time were like, This feels a bit like a Disney film. It really does. It's not 
it's not really that scary. It has a couple of... There's like two jump scares. Yeah, it has a couple of jump scares and has a really gruesome moment of a beheading which becomes a bit out of nowhere. But other than that, it kind of is just a family film. Yeah. I liked it because it was all like having a little nod to the Haunted of Hill House with the naming of the characters. Yeah. And the fact that it's obviously called Hill House. Yeah. You've got Nell and Theo and they're the Crane family and... Yeah, the family that... The family that used to live in the house, yeah. yeah. In terms of it being a scary film, I it is not. It's not a scary film. It really it, it's isn't. Not, but it's a nice little... I like it. I thought it was a nice little film that you could watch if you've got kids that are sort of 12 and up. Yeah, I think for for like, yeah. It's a family film, really. It is well, really not, a family but film. it's like a, a slightly... And it's, uh, it's full tense. of like clean scares. There's nothing really in it that would, you know, traumatise your children for life. But if you're looking for a good horror film to watch, I wouldn't recommend it. No, it's definitely not a good horror. It's not good for good for scares. It's not going to leave you feeling, oh my word. No, so it really isn't. But I don't actually think that's what it's going for. I don't think it's pitched at the average horror viewer. I think it might just be trying to segue us into a, itself into like a niche, more niche market. Yeah, potentially. But there was a massive inconsistency that you spotted in the film. Can you yeah. remember what it was? Yeah, so it's the the. I'm gonna put spoiler. We're gonna spoil this for you because it's not that good a film. It kind of turns out that no, he's he's pretty much the league protagonist, and he's also a fucking moron. And it's got a really irritating voice, but that's beside yep. the point. Reveals that she is the great granddaughter of the wife of Hugh Crane. Yep. However, the key, <laughs> the key bit of the story is that this woman never had any surviving children. They all died. Yep. So if all of her children died, how how is Nell the great grandchild? Yeah, never, never didn't definitely didn't think that one through. No, did they? no, they really didn't. But uh, it's there's very kind of very little to say about it. I mean, it's got Owen Wilson in it being Owen Wilson. Yeah, it's got Liam Neeson in it being Liam Neeson being very shouty, and then it's got Catherine Zeta Jones being a little sex kitten. Yeah. yeah, and that's. And that's it. And they all have different sort of reactions to what's going on in the house. The house is insane. The animation is awful. No, it's not. It's I don't actually think. No, I don't actually think it is. I think it that, is. I think it's not good in relation to modern day. But I think if you compare it side by side to other nineteen ninety nine stuff that uses animation, not animatronics, because I know you said to about Jurassic Park, but actual actual CGI rather than animatronic animals, I think is actually right. It's quite smooth looking. Yeah, I'll, okay, right, I'll, I'll, I'll... It's rendered well, I think, is why I like it. I'll rescind that statement, because I have to remember that it is, it is 1999. But it does have a lot lot of lovely nods to Haunting of Hill House, the novel. The house itself is spectacular. The house is beautiful, and but there are moments that are very Beauty and the Beast, which I found really funny. But, you know, if you're looking for something with a horror film to watch with, kind of, not kids, not little kids, but maybe like 11, 12, 13-year-olds, absolutely, by all means... And for that reason, as a family horror film, I'm going to give it three stars. I'm going to also give it three. There we are. Although I think I actually enjoyed it as much as a four. Good lord! I got like I got. I thought it was for what it was. I thought it was alright. Had a fairly decent story, apart from that massive inconsistency. But that's fine. I can have a look at. That. <laughs> I don't know if I can read really, this because it's like <laughs> a pivotal. There are two pivotal parts to the story: the lack of children and her being the grand great granddaughter. Yeah, but true. they just don't work. True. So threes all around this week. Indeed. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you ready for our stories? Uh, yeah, I'm guessing this is going to be a nice, friendly one. Really nice, friendly episode about love and family. And fuck I, that. No, I just, it isn't. I'd just like to preface this. I saw you researching yesterday. I saw how freaked out you were when you finished researching it. So I know it's not going to be like that. I'm just trying to make it better for myself. No, it isn't. Originally, I was going to do the Chupacabra oh, as this week's episode. But we're not doing that anymore because <sighs> we will come back to the Chupacabra. But because during my Chupacabra research, yeah. I fell down a hole of looking at this stuff. And interestingly, there exists a map on reddit that pinpoints all the sightings of this creature that we're going to talk about today and every sighting on this map which i'll put a link to in in the description of this episode links to the actual story of the sighting look i'm not into bigfoot okay we don't have to keep doing this you are into bigfoot you want to have sex bigfoot if you want to find out why dan has a thing for bigfoot listen to the patreon episode from last week but it's not bigfoot bigfoot Okay. It's not Bigfoot. Yeti? <laughs> it's not Yeti. Are they not the same thing? Yes. Yeah. I thought they were like cousins or something. Are you ready for story number one? Mm, no. Well, here we go. Let me preface this by saying that it all happened years ago and some details might be a bit fuzzy. So a while back, some friends and I would get bored and we'd find ways to entertain ourselves. One of these ways was fucking with the local kids. I knew a small grove of trees on the path up to the local golf course that used to have a house in it, as well as some still-standing garage and sheds. We made up some monsters that lived out there and got the younger kids to believe it and it ended up keeping them out of trouble for a few weeks to boot. Unfortunately, after that, things got weird. Beyond the prior events, we'd periodically go out to this grove and explore a bit, find old oil cans and stuff just to pass the time. One night we decided to go out there and we were just walking into the entrance, gave us chills and the air grew very cold. Twigs were snapping, cans would fly from the sheds and we'd catch a glimpse here and there of something out there with us. Something that obviously didn't want us to be there. The best description I can come up with is a creature, roughly seven or eight foot tall. A biped, but can run on all fours and it's stark white. Freddy! A few of the times after the initial run-in, we'd go out there and it would end up with us sprinting down the path to get back to a streetlight. Once something seemed to be standing on the top of the trees, a friend started yelling things at it 
and when he turned back to look at me for a second, the thing seemed to have moved from where it was standing all the way across the grove to right next to us. Another ended very quickly when we were walking into the grove and heard a loud snort like a wild boar or something was right next to us. Well, this is West Central Minnesota, and I've lived in this town for 20 years. The only thing I've seen close to a boar are pigs that get brought in from miles away at the county fair. The last encounter was towards the end of winter, still some snow on the ground. It was the middle of the day and we headed out to look, all of us grouped up to watch from different directions and nothing really interesting happened. On our way back out, there were footprints in the snow that dwarfed my size 13 shoes. It had a rounded heel and three rounded toes, almost looking like a cartoon bear paw, but again, nothing like that in our area and definitely something we would have seen or heard. Since then, I've run across something tall and white occasionally, usually standing on the edge of a group of trees. Sometimes whatever it is seems to be just watching me. Other times I feel much more terrified, like I need to run as far away as I possibly can. I haven't seen it for a few years, but an Ask Reddit thread I came across about half an hour ago had a comment linking this and it seemed all too coincidental. The bottom two green marks on the map are pretty much right where I am in Minnesota. That's our first story. So what are your thoughts? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to end quite as abruptly as that. I was still listening, waiting for the next bit to come. Don't worry, I've got loads more stories for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounded like, I thought it was Freddy. Frederick, rather. Sorry, Freddy is Freddy Krueger, isn't it? Frederick. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? it? Sounds a bit like Bigfoot, though. Just a white version. A white version on all fours. Sometimes Bigfoot. Was... No, According to who? According to... Bigfoot um, experts. Yes. Cryptozoologists. Yeah, cryptozoologists. <laughs> They probably do walk on all fours if they're like ape-like creatures. So I'm really fascinate, fascinated by this story. And they're referred to by either two things. They're, people either refer to them as the rake, which we know isn't real. Yeah. It's not a real story. It was made yeah. up on the internet. Or they're referred to as crawlers. Oh, that's not a nice name. Because of their ability to move on all fours. And people describe them as having arms and legs the same length. So they are really tall and spindly and can move at ridiculous speeds. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And when I looked at this map, there were loads of incidents all over North America. Wow. Of these, of sightings of these particular creatures. And this one person has been trawling the internet for various different stories that match the same description. So these people aren't coming and adding these stories to the map. This person is going out and finding the stories and then adding them, mm, which is interesting. interesting. And there were loads of them, loads and loads and loads of them. Some of them were short, some of them were long, and I kind of I couldn't get through them all, so I picked the ones that I thought were the scariest. Okay. So, what are your thoughts so far? So, we've got a bipedal creature that can run on all on all fours. It's really skinny. It's white. It's been sighted at the top of trees. It's been sighted running on all fours. What What are your thoughts? I don't like the thought of it running all fours because it's a bit creepy, isn't it? Like it's a bit, uh, this, uh, whole, going back to the whole unnatural movement thing, having arms the same length as your legs. Yeah, it's a bit creepy. I don't know what it would be doing, like just hanging out on the tree line watching people. Don't know. It all seems a little bit sinister. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to know more though. Okay, so let's let's know some more then, shall we? Story number two. Growing up in the mountains of North Georgia, camping and hiking were things me and my brother did so often that it was second nature. So any time Ryan and I had a break from school, we would head straight for the woods. 
We packed our gear, let our parents know where we were going, and that was that. No questions asked. We decided to camp about midway through Jack's River Trail in the Kohuta Wilderness, and it's a trail we knew fairly well as we had used it a few times before to practice long hikes. We arrived at the trail around lunchtime, parked the car, got our gear out and headed into the woods. We passed a few hikers as we moved along and asked them how the trail looked and the answer was always the same, wet. Jack's River Trail probably crossed the river 50 times as it went along its 17 mile plus journey and with the colder temperatures of late fall settling in, it was harder for the trail to stay dry. We moved deeper into the trail and started to look for a place to make camp. This is where Ryan and I made our first mistake. You see, Ryan and I have this rule. We don't camp near people if at all possible. Cole is paranoid, but the last thing we want is for someone to drag us out of our tents and into the woods and never to be seen again. So we always camped a pretty decent way off the trail and in the area that wasn't popular for overnight camping. Roughly two and a half hours or so later, we found what we thought was the perfect place to set up for the two nights that we would be out. We came up to a horseshoe bend and ventured about half a mile off the trail into a clearing and set up. We built a teepee fire for the night and pitched our tents on either side. After setting up and unloading, we decided to walk back to the trail and go exploring around some of the many swimming holes Jack's River had to offer. This was during Thanksgiving break, and I remember being surprised at how few people were on the trail. Maybe it was the weather, or the fact that this was early in the week, but there didn't seem to be anyone hiking, much less staying the night. Around five o'clock, Ryan and I headed back to the camp to start our fire, make dinner, and settle in for the night. As soon as the sun began to set, the cold rushed in. We added more wood to the fire, sat close, and just enjoyed conversation. Ryan was two years behind me in school. I was a senior and he was a sophomore, but growing up we always had been close. We always hung out in the same groups, played the same sports, had the same hobbies, etc. Around nine we were settled comfortably around the fire. I had just texted our mom to let her know that we were safe and getting ready for bed and I remember we were talking about dreading going into our grandparents' house for Thanksgiving and having the same awkward conversations we had each year with the family we only saw on holidays when things started to get strange. We were no strangers to sounds in the woods, and these woods were full of animals, from deer to black bears and even the random wild boar. If you're in the woods long enough, you learn to distinguish certain sounds, and what we were hearing, I could only chalk up as odd. What Ryan and I heard was what sounded like someone sneaking around slowly just out of eyesight. With an animal walking on four legs, you hear a tighter group of steps but what we were hearing sounded very distinct to what a human sounds like when walking slowly or trying to move without making a sound. I remember we both pulled out our flashlights, shone them in the direction we felt the sounds were coming from, but that was what was so weird. Whenever we would fix our lights on a spot we thought the sounds were coming from, the location of the sound would suddenly change. It was as if there were multiple people walking around us, And that's when the whistling started. At first I thought it was the wind and I remember thinking maybe the wind is just throwing leaves around and what we were hearing is nothing but the wilderness around us. Ryan looked at me and asked if I was hearing that. I didn't answer and was trying to focus hard on each individual sound. Two consecutive notes with roughly a three to four second gap and then two more consecutive notes, 
over and over and over again. Ryan kept asking if I heard that and I put my finger to my lips trying to keep him from talking. The fear I felt was incredible. My jaw was tight, my fists were clenched, knowing I wasn't ready for whatever was out there, if it was anything at all. The whistling continued for what felt like forever. But thinking it through, it was maybe five minutes when Ryan finally yelled out into the darkness, Hey! Quiet. The whistling stopped. The crunching of the leaves stopped. Nothing. I was pissed. I looked at Ryan with a what-the-hell look and he shrugged his shoulders. I had to do something, he said. I just shook my head. We sat there in silence for a few minutes when the woods erupted with noise. Something or someone was running in a circle around our campsite. The whistling came back. Two consecutive notes with the same three to four second gap and then two more consecutive notes. How could someone whistle this loudly without cracking while also running? I was done. I stood up, shining my flashlight in all directions, trying to catch a glimpse of whatever was screwing with us. Nothing. It felt close enough to touch, but we never saw a thing. That's when the movement stopped, but the whistling was still constant. It was so loud, inhumanly loud. I looked at Ryan and told him to call the police. Now this, this is the part I will never forget. The part I never like to talk about. When Ryan was on the phone with the dispatcher and telling them our location and what was going on, I stepped around the fire towards my tent. Inside my bag I had a six inch fixed blade that I always carried and thought I would feel a bit more comfortable with it in my hand more than just my flashlight. As I went to unzip my tent, trying to keep my eyes towards the woods, I heard some movement directly in front of me. I swept my light up in front of me and for maybe two seconds I saw it. Whatever this person or thing was, it was about five foot up in a tree. Everything about it was long. Its arms, legs, neck, fingers, everything. And it was fast. As soon as the light hit it, it launched backwards off the tree. I heard it land, but it either jumped an impossible distance or landed in a thicket because I heard it, but I didn't see it. I don't think I've ever yelled so loud. I ran back to where Ryan was and sat down. He kept asking me what I saw, but I just couldn't answer. I just kept thinking about what I saw. Maybe ten minutes later, we saw a couple of flashlight beams coming through the woods, and about three guys came into view asking if everything was okay. I settled a bit and started asking them if they had seen or heard anything. All they said was they heard a lot of movement and then heard my scream, and that's when they headed in our direction. I tried to explain what had happened without sounding crazy, but it didn't seem to work. One of the guys walked around a bit and came back and said he didn't see anything. Ryan told them that we had called the police and roughly 30 minutes later a park ranger showed up. Ryan and I explained everything to him but he just choked it up to either a curious animal or some campers trying to mess with us. Either way Ryan and I decided we weren't staying the night. We packed up our stuff and walked out of the woods with the ranger. He took our statement, we got in our car and we drove home. Ryan and I don't talk about what happened that night but neither of us have been back to the Jacks River Trail and will probably never go back. I don't blame them. I wouldn't be going back in a rush either. Oh, I wouldn't. Little... I wouldn't. Give me a poltergeist any day. <laughs> if I was in my camp and it was all Blair Witch and shit, I'd be okay with it. But I do not need this long-necked, long-legged freak up a tree fucking with me. 
that's what I don't need in my life. Yeah, not good. I don't understand the not camping near people. I do, I do get it. I do get it, actually. I I would be... Maybe it's because I'm a woman yeah. that you have different feelings about these things, but I would be really uncomfortable camping in a location with lots of different people because you're actually really vulnerable in a I tent. guess it's just a British part of me in that all campsites are camping with loads of people. <laughs> That's yeah, just what but I think if you're, if you're out on a trail, if you're out in the yeah. woods, it's slightly different. Yeah. But I, I, I do understand why they where they wouldn't want to be um, surrounded by people if they were camping. I'd be really uncomfortable. This crawler sounds very ape-like to me. So what do you think? Monkeys. Do you think it's like an ape with mange? Yeah, maybe. Because if you think about gorillas, they have really short legs and long arms. like Or, or arms that are similar length to their legs, rather. That's true. And obviously the climbing and the jumping is a very ape-like thing, but not the long neck necessarily. And not the whistling. Well, Ewoks whistle. They're kind of apey. Did you say Ewoks whistle? Yeah. I mean, they are a little bit AP, but they're also fictional, so that's that's a bit of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Although, oh, that, I guess they're more really berry. Ewoks. Ewoks are more berry. There, actually. yeah, they are like little bears. I guess they're kind of like a cross between a bear and a gorilla because they've got little gorilla faces, yeah. don't they? Ewoks. But they could. But some monkey sounds sound a bit whistly. That's very true. But I I don't know what type of monkey it would be. It's unlikely to be an escaped captive monkey, is it? No. It needs to be something that's been there forever. And like, I feel like white skin. And there's there's very few ape species that have white fur. But there's albinism in, in every animal. That's Okay, that's true. Is it albinism? Um, Albinoism. Al- I don't albinism, actually know. that's it, yeah. So what was really interesting about this story yeah. was the whistling. Yeah. And that led me to another story. Okay. Which isn't remotely crawler related. Okay. But freaked the living shit out of me. I don't even know if I'm ready for this. Okay, I'm definitely not in that case. But there's video evidence to go with it. Oh, great. So we're going to have to look up a video in a few minutes. Oh, great. And it is on the same theme as this whistling situation. Are you ready? No. I don't think I am ready for this, actually. Let's just leave it. We can just move on. No, do you know what? We have to do it now, because I've got the audio ready. We're going to do this. Okay. I've been waiting a long time to tell Reddit the full story of the whistler. This story requires many details, but it is unexplainable, creepy, and 100% true. And I also have video evidence. When I was about eight years old, I was walking my dog through the neighborhood with my mum. It was maybe 11 p.m. We live next to a swamp wooded area on the edge of our neighborhood in Lansing, Michigan. I remember it being very silent and slightly windy. From down in the swamp, we heard somebody whistling at us. It sounded sort of like a bird, but each whistle was different enough where the lack of consistency made it human-like. The whistle sounded higher than lower. I can't really describe it. My mum had a concerned, slightly terrified look on her face and grabbed my hand and said that we should go inside quickly. I didn't understand because I was too young, but seeing my mum freak out made me freak out too. But obviously, after a while, I just forgot about it. Two years later, I was taking out my dog again, at night. There is a large bush that could easily obscure a person behind it just next to the front door. As I was finishing the walk, the whistling noise started again. Same pitches, same inconsistent human-like tones. As soon as I heard it, a chill went down my spine, as I remembered exactly the feeling of seeing my mom terrified looking down into the swamp at something I couldn't see, but maybe she couldn't see it either. I ran inside as fast as possible. 
The years went by and I thought about it less and less. I only told a handful of people and eventually, again, it slipped from my mind. Fast forward to last summer. I'm 24 and started dating a girl called Sarah. We moved out to South Dakota for work. For Independence Day, we decided to go to Pierre and watch the fireworks along the bank of the Missouri River. There was a free camping spot behind a hospital where you could pitch your tent, hang out and see the fireworks up the river. We were near the end of the campground and there were very few people around us. As it was getting dark, the fireworks began. They were pretty far away, so the illumination they brought was very little. Thus, we had to sit right at the edge of the river to be able to see them. A huge thunderhead was moving in and the storm was imminent, so the air seemed electric and the wind was picking up. The atmosphere was eerie, to say the least. The police boats herded all the other boats off to the river and left our area to do that elsewhere. Most of the other campers walked up the river to have a better view of the fireworks, but Sarah and I stayed back and we were drinking tall boys and kicking it. Suddenly we heard the sound of a paddle, methodically dipping into the water. We saw a figure steering a canoe about 20 metres offshore. Sarah decided to go get more beers from the car, leaving me alone to stare at this mystery person. And then, of course, they whistled at me. My entire body was frozen and covered in goosebumps. It was the same whistle from my childhood more than a decade earlier. I looked at the figure, but it was much too dark to discern who it could be. They were wearing a hat. When they were perpendicular to the shore from me, they stopped paddling turned the canoe to face directly at me and just whistled. I was so frightened I stood up and shouted at them, Who are you? They didn't say anything, just whistled a couple more times, turned the canoe 180 degrees and paddled out of sight. I'm a videographer, so I already had my camera by my side and was taking video of the fireworks. As the canoe was almost out of sight, I grabbed my camera and got a shot of them whistling as they went away. Sarah came back from getting the beers. She was very confused as to why I was so freaked out. When I explained, she was freaked out a bit too. I was convinced we would both be murdered that night. How did this whistling person follow me after 14 years all the way to South Dakota? Was it just a coincidence? Why was it the same whistling noise? Who was that person and where did they go? So many questions unanswered. To this day, I'm more afraid of being outside in the dark where I might hear that whistling again. And I'm open to any explanations. So before you say anything, I'm going to put the audio of the video in. But honestly, just go onto YouTube, look up the whistler. That's the video. So you need to do that right now. And I'm going to insert the audio for the listeners.
Okay, you've just watched the video. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Okay, so me, I'm freaked out. Well, you've heard this story before. I have, yeah. So, when you first read it, were you freaked out by it? I was freaked out by the story, but it's like one of those... So, I used to read a, a thread on the Bridge Nine record label message boards when they existed and it was called creepy experiences thread and this is one of the like the legendary stories that came ah yeah that was repeated on that thread but i've never seen the video of it interestingly but it was the one that everybody refers to when they're like always talking about oh their favorite things from that thread the whistler is one of the most popular stories what do you think it is i think i don't know to be honest with you i don't like it i think it's paranormal i don't think it's a real person do you think it's real I think it's real, but putting my wheel hat on, I don't think it's real. I think it's really interesting, and what there was a whole rabbit hole then about the Whistler that I didn't go. That was a road I didn't go down, and those people that were commenting saying, "Oh, the Whistler is a paranormal entity that warns you of death," blah blah blah, blah or warns you when death is imminent, which is, I mean, interesting for that boy considering he's heard it three times and still not do it, still not died. But I also think that legends grow out of stories, don't they? So you you try and attribute something to a story that you read. If that's real, it can fuck right off because it is so unsettling. But it's that um, it's the same as it from Hereditary, isn't it? It's that n- normal noise that's just not and it's just, it's just unnatural out of sounding. context. Because that whistling like, is really like yeah. So it's just horrible. A freaky noise anyway. But it's then I wonder if the last story that we read with Ryan was influenced by the story of the Whistler, or if the story of the Whistler was influenced by that story. Do with you know Ryan. what? I don't think there's any influence between. Do you don't think there's any link? Nope. Do you think it's the same creature? Nope. Do you think the crawler can row a boat? <laughs> nope. I don't. Okay, so I'm freaked out by it. I don't like it. I think it's real. However, if I had to put myself in my wheel hat, which I'm tending to do quite a lot these days. That video is super debunkable. Why? Because that whistling could be taking place behind the camera the whole time. Yeah, that's very true. I will and give you there that. is nothing on that lake at all until right at the end. And that could just be a passing person that he's done zoomed in on to go, oh, look, it was someone there. Oh, fair enough. I mean, there's a lot of things that are like very convenient. Like, oh, it was really dark and the fireworks weren't that bright and blah, 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 blah. So I get, like, I get what you're saying. There's something that just unsettles me it's so really much. unsettling that's the right word for it that story is really unsettling and i think that's it's... why it kept it caught on so much on the on the thread that i was reading like i was thinking about it yesterday after i read it and i was going what would i do now if i heard that whistling because it doesn't seem to be threatening like there's there's no mm. what well, but i mean there's nothing he doesn't seem to be in, in imminent danger like if you're ever going to attack somebody on a lakeside where they're isolated or on the bed of a river or wherever they were sounds like a pretty perfect opportunity or when he's 10 years old out walking his dog sounds like a really good opportunity but nothing negative happens to him it's just the sound but maybe that's the point though maybe it's just that it's just the fact of letting him know that he's still there but why because Which is that, why because is he letting be, him know because, that he's still because, there because the, the, the say it's a human which i don't think it is but say it's the same See, person. i think it is a human but say it's a, well that would yeah but what's the likelihood of someone being able to follow him like that consistently unless it's a relative or it's a legitimate stalker that's that's commitment though isn't it i mean that is commitment so generally the, the point of stalkers is that they're very committed yeah. to their stalking so let's say it is a real person though yeah that real person it may be at a stage now where they are a 50 middle-aged man and this is now a young fit guy right so actually the the physical threat of attacking them would ruin the fear holding that sense of impending doom over someone is far more terrifying i think just letting them know that you're there so if it's paranormal then because you think it's paranormal 
what is it? Demons. Seems a bit... Or Ewoks. <laughs> I don't think Ewoks are paranormal. I think um, it's a bit tame for a demon though, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a... I don't know. I don't like... I do, it, like the story itself is is, is creepy. It's that... It's the heebie-jeebies. But it's, there's, it's way so much more powerful just to have this sense of like... I'm watching you. Yeah. I know where you are all yeah. the time. Absolutely. And I can just appear in your life yeah. whenever. Yeah. And rowing a fucking canoe down a river, yeah. whistling at you, yeah. where you can't get to him as well. That's very convenient. So if that was like somewhere in the distance on land, you can try and chase that person down. Yeah, but... They're in a canoe on the middle of a river. What are you going to do? Swim out <laughs> after them? Part of me thinks it's lucky that it is, they're not in a state where they regularly open carry guns because uh, I reckon oh, there's fairly you... few people who probably would have a shot. Just, that's it. I'm just going to have a shot. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. Do you want one more story? Not if it's like that one. Is it? Are we going back? Are we going back to the crawlers, or is it? Different? We're going yeah. back to crawlers. Okay. And it's sorry, we're a bit all over the place this episode, but I could not put that story no, in. No, that's creepy. And we're back to crawlers, and it is a short one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I don't really want to do it, but let's go for it. Last night I was home alone. Wow, that was short. <laughs> <laughs> I <Sorry>. hate you. <laughs> Last night I was home alone. I'm 16 years old and my parents work pretty late and don't get home until 3 or 4am. I'm used to it now. No siblings, just a dog and five cats. So I get the house to myself. I'm laying on the couch watching TV and I notice something out of the corner of my eye. Another pair of eyes looking at me. At first, I just assumed it was an animal or something. We get possums a lot at night and I didn't really think about it. Five minutes go by and I hear this weird clawing at the door. My living room is fairly large, TV is in front of me, then a couple of feet away is the dining room table, and a sliding glass door that leads to my back porch and my yard. Oh no. This thing was on the porch. I got up to investigate, first by flicking the light switch on, and immediately it scrambled off the porch. It seemed to be scared of light, so I turned off the light and grabbed a flashlight. It wasn't there, so I just assumed it was an animal and went back to the sofa. An hour goes by and I hear this loud shriek coming from the yard. This time, getting scared, I jumped up and ran with the flashlight. I dimmed it down by taking my index finger and my middle finger and kind of coiling it around the light. Still making it visible but not as bright. I shone it around the yard and the thing was still there. But this time, it was eating something. Oh no. It looked to be small, like a rabbit or a young deer. Where I live, there's tons of coyotes. So maybe one had strayed. But again, that shriek was awful and not something I've ever heard from a coyote's mouth. This thing was human, or at least close to it. The skin was black and kind of wrinkled. It had long limbs and seemed to be in a crouched position most of the time. But it was extremely fast. I got scared and shone the light at it directly and it again screamed and dashed off into the woods. I stayed up until my parents came home. I didn't tell them yet, just in case it was something silly. So this person posted this story no, he needs looking to for count, advice. No, he needs to count his cats. He really needs to count his cats. It, well, no, it, it, no, no, this isn't, no, it wasn't a cat. No, it definitely wasn't a cat. No, it just wasn't. Okay. Don't think like that. Okay. This 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 beast did, definitely did not kill and eat one of his cats. Oh, no. <laughs> Bim, close your ears. <laughs> 
skinwalkers this is the thing with all of these stories is that people are like they're skinwalkers that's what they are it would make sense though wouldn't it why would it make sense well because they have to like feast don't they that's part of the law isn't it and they always they're like they're taking on like 100 year old bodies oof like thousands of year old bodies in fact I'm, my math skills is not very good but I don't know why this concept so the concept of the whistler first of all and this concept of crawlers freaks me out so much is it wendigo that's a, that was another suggestion about wendigos but I don't know. I think we need to talk to that lady with Frederick. Susan. Susan, and ask her if, you know, whether, if she can get in t- contact with Frederick and ask him if he's been... No, I'm not going to put that on her in case it's actually evil. <laughs> it's not evil, he likes her. But the other thing is that Super Duperstitious did an episode about crawlers. Hmm. And they posted a link to a video. Do you remember I showed you this video? Of two of a crawler running across a motorway mm. in Essex. In Essex? Yeah, so we don't have... Is there an Essex in America? Potentially. Yeah, there is. See, we don't have, obviously, Native American lore, do we? No. But I'll post the video link in the description for that, but it's absolutely horrific. And it's taken from, like, a motorway CCTV traffic camera, and it is vile. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. So there seems to be mounting evidence for these things. So whether or not... Like we the said, gates of hell are open, that's why. It's what? Because the gates of hell are open. Ah, again, you always do this, right? <laughs> I just don't expect the words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> right. Should have known that. Yeah. That's what it is. That is your foot under the table, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think it was? I don't know. I just got really panicked <laughs> that it was just a crawler under the table. <laughs> Providing you with a nice footrest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this freaks me out so much. It's so not me to be it's this freaked out by something. movement again, I think. I think it might be. But why is this one black and the other one white? Why are you so racist? <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Like, it's unusual, I don't know, maybe it? it's not the same creature. Thing. Maybe it's not the same beast. I just thought it was an interesting story. Don't know why, if this creature is afraid of light, it would be scratching at the door to get in. Does it make sense to me? No, that's true. Yeah. Maybe it's not afraid of light, though. Maybe it just didn't want to be, like, seen. Maybe, yeah, it didn't want to be physically seen. It yeah. seems to be a thing with this creature that doesn't want to be physically seen, which would... It, yeah, which... but imagine if it was caught, though. It'd just be like be like Pete's Dragon all over again. What's Pete's Dragon? You know that children's film when they find the dragon in the no. in the forest and they try and put it on display and nope. he just wants to live in peace? No, no idea. Oh. Well, I'm sorry, Crawler, if you want to live in peace, A, stop being freaky... B, stop being seen by people. Man's C, stop whistling. D, don't be killing and eating creatures in people's front gardens. Do it in the privacy of your own home. Man's got to live. Right, okay. Man's got to live. We got some new reviews. Do you want to hear them? Yes. Review number one comes from Spider Graves. Spider Graves. Spider Graves. And it is entitled, Listening from El Paso, Texas, a visiting place in brackets. I love the podcast and now my kids do too. They're 11 and almost 9. There's a The Devil story that I'll share soon. Gotta take these guys to school. Thank you. Also, mad that your kids are listening. Yeah. Um, like, not, I, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would have been, I would never would have slept again if I'd heard these stories. I'm also not entirely sure that our language is family friendly. But <laughs> my language. Oh, yeah. Bring that back in. Inclusive, yeah. And our second review is from RC Dev and it is entitled extremely enjoyable so glad i found this podcast wonderful content 
and it just being the introduction. Great rapport between the podcasters. I'm so looking forward to more. First review I've ever written and I've been listening to podcasts going on five years. Oh, that's really, thank you that you've taken the effort to do that. And the last one comes from Fun Cupcake and it is called, it is entitled The Best Spine Tingling Podcast Ever. Emma and Dan do such an amazing job sharing creepy and haunting real life ghost stories. They have on occasion kept me up at night. I'm 100% with Dan in that I believe almost everything I hear when it comes to the paranormal. But having Emma's logical take and explanation after each story helps me cope. I absolutely love this podcast. Keep those creepy stories coming, guys. I just can't get enough. Thank you all Thank so you. much because you are stunningly gorgeous, beautiful people. I like to hear people's takes on that as well. Like I, It's interesting, like, the different things that people, different people get out of it. Or that people pick up yeah. about us as people, which I also find really interesting. Yeah. This week, we were trending number one on Podcast Addict. That's mental. And also down to you guys. So, yeah, so thank thanks. you thank so you much. And to all you thousands of people listening, which is a really weird thing to think about. Thank you for just listening to us. This is something we do because we love it. Yeah. It has never really been a chore. The only time it's been a chore is when I've been really hungover. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm just going to do a public service announcement and publicly apologize for the washing machine in last week's episode. Okay? So many people have messaged me. I was really hungover. Dan said, "Let's not record until the washing machine is finished." And in my hungover fugue, I was like, "No, nobody'll hear it. It'll be fine." And then I was too hungover to be able to edit it out. So I'm sorry. It was a washing machine and it was my fault. So I apologize. But thank you all so much. This has never been a chore. We absolutely love it. I love speaking to you guys on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. So if you want to come and talk to us, you can find us on... You can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. You can find us on Facebook. So go give our Facebook page a like. It is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. And then join our secret group which is RLGS Supergroup and the password is Dan and Emma please come and join us there because people share things all the time and it is amazing you can also f- talk to us on Twitter which is at Real Guys Pod. and if you have a story that you want to send us you can send us your story into real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com and finally finally if you want more delicious content... Delicious content? Some of it is R-rated. Is that the phrase? Yeah. Like sex content. That's R for all those people that... Oh, whatever. Some of, it is, some of it is R-rated. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> then you can sign up to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. For $5 a month, you get an extra episode of paranormal goodness a week and for two dollars a month you get access to the entire back catalogue of 50p movie club dan what's 50p movie club uh it is a podcast which uh i do with will who has been guested guested on the show who has been a guest on the show um and i choose a movie from the the bargain section of a shop and we watch it and we talk about it and they're normally really bad movies and on that note Thank you all so much. We love you. We adore you. And we shall see you next week. Peace out. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.